What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Monday, July 23rd, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 364, How the Hell Is Everybody Doing? Hope you had a good time. Imagine I talked like that. Would you guys still listen if I was like, welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show with me, your host, Paul Verzi. How's everybody doing out there? Today, we got a groovy show. Like, I don't understand how radio was ever like that and fucking serious. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, that was actually acceptable. Like, to just be the over, like, people were probably hired on that. Like, they'd be like, all right, Jerry, uh, we want you to read this thing here to see if you could be, like, the afternoon drive, you know, and, and, like, just talk. And, like, they wanted to hear that, like, hey, cats and girls, hey, how's everybody doing out there? All right, today we're going to be spinning records, bro. Like, that was a fucking thing. And people would be like, yeah, dude, that guy is cool. That guy would, like, show up to a bar and be a legend, you know, when in reality it's like, are you really talking like that, you fucking loser? Um, (laughs) we hope everybody out there is just chilling out, man, grooving, whatever you're doing, man. Just hope it's, it's like, it's like, or you could just talk like you're a normal person and be like, Hey, how's everybody doing? You know, how's it? We're rocking here on 92.3, the the drive. All right, guys, I got a uh, great show for you guys today. I hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's doing well in between shows. Uh, I'm glad to be doing this at the beginning of the week now, uh, back to the beginning of the week. It's been years since I've done this, but I like it way better because it just, like I said, it gives the week to digest everything and, uh, you know, to come out to shows. And if some people listen, you know, some people take a couple of days. So like if I do my, you know, show on, on Thursday or Friday and then somebody listens to it on Sunday, guess what? They miss where I was that weekend performing. Not going to happen now because if you listen even on Wednesday or Thursday after I put this out on a Monday, um, you know, you guys will still be able to come out to my shows. Uh, So there you have it. A lot of cool stuff to talk about on the show. I want to talk about a cheesy horror movie that I saw on Netflix, which I want to talk about. Um, It's Shark Week, so we'll get into a little bit of funny shit with some sharks. Um... You know, uh, my unacceptable, uh, I got to look actually, I've been running around like crazy, was at the Borgata, so I got to look and see what your guys' unacceptables look like, um, or to see whatever is, is there, so I'll, I'll be doing that on the on the fly, I'll do that on the fly for you fly gals and girls, how's everybody doing out there, and um, <laughs> you wonder if those guys really sounded like that? Or if they were like, hey, what's going on, man? This is, uh, you know, Timmy Fuckhead, and uh, this is the 3 o'clock drive. You guys know who, and then he'd like go to like, you know, just be out and be like, hey, what's going on, dude? My name is, like, it's just a totally different, Um, but uh, yeah, so let's let's get into the show. Um, NFL's coming in five weeks. I want to just talk a little bit, not not too much about that, but we will, uh, we'll get into that shit as well. Uh, but first, I definitely want to talk about the new sponsor, everybody. I just put in my my little wager for the for the leaderboard. That's right. I just put in my Yankee pick at Capper Network, everybody. That's right. CapperNetwork.com. It is the ultimate in shit-talking prediction. Uh, if you love that dude I called it shit, this is it, okay? 
Um, you got those friends who were like, dude, I told you the Raiders were going to kick the shit out of the 49ers. And you're like, yeah, sure you did. You always say that. Now you could actually prove it. You could prove it on Capper Network. Uh, it's for fans of all levels, and it's 100% free to, to join everybody, okay? Whether you're new or experienced to sports betting, you know, whether you're new and experienced to fantasy, all that stuff, CapNet is for you. You could submit your predictions um, on, on sports bets, and I just looked at the leaderboard today, actually. There's a guy who's like, his record is like 162 and 112, all right? That means this guy is winning, Money. This guy's always. This guy's winning. It's kind of unheard of in gambling. So what can you do? You can go to that. Okay. Let's say you're going to Vegas. Okay. You sign up on on um, you know Capper Network. You're going to Vegas, and you'd love to go there and have some free cocktails from the waitress. You know, sit there giving you some free vodka crayons while you're sitting there watching a game you bet on. Well, this leaderboard allows you to just make your you know go with somebody who obviously has more experience than you. Why wouldn't you do that? If you're looking for the best sports bets, fantasy plays um, from uh, legal sports handicapper, check out the leaderboard. You could view their picks and know what to put your money on. How amazing is that? You know, you could just, and and it really is like sometimes you let people like, okay, if you're going to win in gambling, you know, it's only going to be like 50%, you know, 52% or no. There are some people that just are better. They do it for a living, and there are some professional handicappers who make their money gambling. You can look at some of these people on this leaderboard and do that, you know? So, I don't know. It's it's like, instead of looking at ESPN being like, you know what, fucking Chris Carter said, no, you could be like, no, I'm going to go and watch somebody that actually does this, Um you could even look at like who sucks on the leaderboard and go the opposite way. How funny is that? I'm just hoping that I don't fall into that category soon. We'll see with these Yankees. Um, so if you don't have time to research, but you still want to make educated sports wagers or fantasy picks, uh, you could, oh yeah, and you could even get a team. You could you could draft uh, a capping team. So the best you could go and look and go get the best on the leaderboard and have a team of these guys. Um, you know. To, to, to look at and to try to profit from. And when you get good, people can buy your advice. You can make money that way. It is legitimately 100% free to use. And um, you can make cash by predicting sports outcomes. Um, so there you have it, guys. Um, so you you can make money. You can get money on your picks. You can make money off of the leaderboards picks if, if that's what you want to do. Um, it's just, it's, it's the best and you learn more, you learn more about sports and guess what? Your dude, I called it's a proven all on capper network. Okay. It's new. It's growing. All right. They have a lot of awesome stuff. They're going to be adding some stuff and guess what? Everybody guess what? The NFL five weeks away. That's when I'm going to be going nuts with this. And I think that all of you listeners, I know, you know, sports is in a bad way right now. Let's be honest. You know, sports is not doing well right now. No NBA, right? No football, no hockey. You know, uh, you just got basically MLB. Even the World Cup is is not happening right now. So, you know, um, yeah, in in about five, six weeks when the NFL starts getting going, it's going to be good. But this is the ultimate in um, predictions and shit talking and ways you can make money, please check out CapperNetwork.com. The guys that run it are awesome too. Shout to, um, yeah, shout out to uh, Tucker, man, the owner. 
Dude's hilarious. I uh, I love working with these guys. And uh, yeah, man, the site, they're, they're adding cheat sheets, uh, cash survivor contest, and anything you want. You know, you know what? Right into the Verzi effect and say something that you want from it. But please check it out. And uh, like me, I go to my Yankees right now because that's the only thing that's on there really is baseball. And I, you know, I wage my, my units. You get a certain amount of units. And once you build that up, you get on the leaderboard. And I put I put my Yankees against those Rays. Uh, sorry if you're in Tampa. So check out CapperNetwork.com. And also, guys, All Things Comedy. Go to AllThingsComedy.com. New shows, old shows, great podcasts, great comedy albums, and I am very, very happy to announce, okay, this is what I can tell you, uh, this is what I can tell you, this is what I was told, I probably shouldn't do this, but actually, can I get in trouble from the network, yes, I can, I can get in trouble for the network, here's what I can tell you, there is a set date in the contract already done, it is set for my special, and I can tell you it is within a few months, it's within a few months. It's a Friday night. It's going to premiere on a major comedy network on Friday night uh, in a few months. And uh, the deal is uh, it's in the contract. It is just any day. And I was told this week the announcement will happen. We will see. I've you know That's been said before, but I know that the deal is done. So you guys will be seeing it. So I want to thank all of you who are at that special because I will be able to give you information on where and when you could finally see it. Let's uh, let's get into the show, everybody. Had a great time the last day or so with uh, Vladimir over at the Borgata in Atlantic City. A lot of good sports. I was making fun of the place. You know me in Jersey, guys. I was making fun of the place. I was making fun of the people's ages. Uh, and they took it. They took it good. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm doing some political stuff, which you have to be careful with, but I walk the line perfectly where I'm not alienating people, but Jesus, man, you can't even. Brian Regan's right. He said on the Tonight Show, he goes, I never felt so scared to bring up a topic in my life. Like you, with politics and, and the president and all the shit, man, every time it comes up, people are just, you could see them just waiting. Uh... So, uh, had a great time though, man. And um, I got to tell you, as much as I shit on New Jersey, the Borgata, if you're going to go to Jersey, I heard a new Hard Rock is opening there. And I heard it's bringing in new business. And I heard Atlantic City is starting to get popping again. Wouldn't it be amazing? I, it's still beyond me. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if they could make Atlantic City, if they could make Atlantic City, I mean, it's never going to be Vegas. You know, people just want to go to Vegas. You hop on a plane, you go out to the desert. It's, it is what it is. It's, but how cool would it be if, like, AC could come close to that, you know? A city in the United States is never going to be New York, but Chicago's kind of close. Chicago's cool. You know, come make Atlantic City like that. Get some big ones up there, you know? Try to fucking, you know, do something. Make the Redo the boardwalk. Get some fresh restaurants on there. Get some new shit, you know? Clean up the beach a little bit. Do something. Because I got to tell you, man, the Borgata was awesome. You felt like you were at a Vegas hotel. It had good... I mean, except for the element of animal that was walking around there. I mean, there is... I mean, the element of absolute animal that needs to be caged in New Jersey is... is Like I said, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's second to none. But really nice spot. Uh, and I'll tell you right now. If you go to the Borgata in Atlantic City, you got to go to Wolfgang Pucks in the place. It's wildly good. Uh, and then you would think that I could come home and relax. No, 
I was there Monday, to, I was there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Came home, stayed with my kids for a little bit on Wednesday night. Then guess what? Thursday, no, Thursday I stayed with my kids for a bit. Then Thursday night I ran down, did a spot. Friday I had three spots. Saturday a bunch of spots. Sunday a spot. Um, dude, I did a late show at, at the Village Underground, and I've never seen... I got to give the lady credit. There was a woman in the front row. Was this Friday night or Saturday night? Friday night. Yeah, Friday night. I was over at Danger Fields. Then I ran over. I did the Fat Black Pussycat and then the Village Underground. And um, for you people that don't know, the Comedy Cellar has three comedy clubs now. So there's the original famous one on McDougal Street, the one that you all see in, in the show Louie. Okay, so that that's the main one that I do. That's the main that's the main comedy cellar, right? But then around the corner, they have a small little loungy intimate one called the Fat Black Pussycat. Um, and it's like this intimate. It looks like honestly, it looks like everyone's gonna just take their clothes off and fuck each other after the show. It's weird. And then um, and then they have the Village Underground, which is like the comedy cellar times like three or four. It's just a big comedy club. And there was a couple drunk people. I went last, so I closed the show. So by the time I got on stage, it was like after 1 o'clock in the morning. Still packed out, still raring to go, great crowd. But people are drunk. One guy fell out of his seat, dropped the bottle. But, dude, there was a there was a couple. This dude and his girl are in the front, front row. Okay, my feet are like right at their chest. Their, their, their table is right at my feet pretty much. And... They're laughing and they're having a good time. And the girl was looking up and smiling and looked like she had her shit together. And never in my life did I see, witness what I witnessed. She just dropped her head. But she looked sober and fine. That's the weirdest thing. She, she dropped her head and like slouched to the side. And then her body went under the table. And then as she went under the table, I thought she was like looking for something on the floor. And then she just leaned forward, and her head just hit the stage. And I was like, holy shit, are you all right? And then she backed up and finally came up, and she's like, oh, sorry. And I was just like, I've never seen somebody hold it together that fucked up. This lady basically passed out under the table. Her head went forward. She smacked into the stage, and then she popped right out of it and just sat up and was watching. I was like, what the f It was wild. I was just like, holy shit. Because I've, I've never seen somebody, like, pass out, you know, like, really, like, just pass, like, like, it was weird. It was almost like, I'm trying to describe it so you guys could, like, see it, even though you're listening to a podcast. Imagine if you were at, like, a, a, a two-top, like, a table, a round table, you and somebody, and you dropped your phone, and instead of getting up, you tried to go under it, like, look under it, and look for your phone and reach and get it. She was doing that, but obviously there was no phone that fell. And then while she was under it, like while her back was under the table, she just fell forward and her head just smacked into the step on the stage and then got right back up and said sorry. It was, hey, you know what? I don't have the ability to do that. I feel like once I pass out, you got to get my ass. I, first of all, though, I would never get like that in public. Um, it's not even unacceptable how, how, what she, how good she did. Like I got to tell you something. If my daughter got drunk and like put her head down like that and then was able to pop back and be normal again that drunk and hold it together, I got to be honest. I'm like, you know, it wasn't like she started crying. It wasn't like she fell. It wasn't like, no, she just was like, all right, I'm sorry. I'm fucked up. Here, I'm back. Let's go. Um, but that was, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before uh, at a show. 
All right, so here's what happened today. Listen to this shit. I'm in the house, and my wife goes. Uh, my wife goes away. So I'm I'm the one holding down. I'm holding down the Verzi Castle. Okay, it's me. It's me and my kids. My wife is uh, away. I believe in Texas, all over Texas for a few days. And uh, this is you know it's very rare she's on the road and I'm home. But the roles have been reversed. So it's me and the kids, and of course. I can't just send the kids to camp and be able to come home and relax. No, because guess what, everybody? They're redoing our, our bathrooms. Yeah, we got the new roof. We got the new deck because they redid that. But now my wife is like, hey, while we're at it, let's redo the fucking bathrooms. And listen, I'm not against it. It's a great investment. Anybody that knows anything about real estate and selling property knows that if the kitchen and bathrooms are redone and modern and nice, you're going to get more money for your place. Not saying we're moving, but it's just nice to have new shit. So, uh, but I got to get the kids up and out of the house by 8.30, get them to camp by 9 and do all that shit. Guess who's knocking on the door? 7.30. Contractor. You know, just standing at the door at 7.30. But this time... Something happens a little different. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not happy about it. Tell me if I'm a dick. I don't know. I feel like I'm right in this situation. Okay? The guy knocks on the door. And to his... I go, I'll be right there. I didn't expect him that early. I go, I'll be right... And, and, and it was pouring. So he had like a little look on his face when I opened it. It was pouring outside. But he's standing there in a t-shirt. No umbrella. No rain jacket. Nothing like that. Expecting, hey, I'm going to knock on this door at 730 and these guys are going to be, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, all right, and, and just be waiting for me. No, I got kids. It's 730 in the morning. We just woke up. I'm not just at your beck and call. I'm sorry it's raining. Grab a fucking umbrella out of your truck like a big boy or grab a fucking, you know, raincoat and, and, and be prepared for the weather. So he kind of gives a look. Hey, man, sorry about that. He steps in the house and he goes, hey, did the plumber get here yet? And I go, no. And he's like, oh, man. He's like, because, you know, the plumber needs to be here. The plumber's going to be pissed because I need to do this and I need to do that before the plumber and all this stuff. And the guy just looks upset. And then he goes, uh, yeah, I lost my phone. I forgot my phone. And I found out like an hour into the drive that I don't have my phone and I can't go back. And he's just like looking like around, shaking his head. And like, I'm almost feeling guilty. And it's like, dude, you lost your phone. You're the one not prepared for the rain. You're like, this is all the shit that you and the plumber and all these people should have picked up. Listen, me and my wife, we're going to write you a check for whatever the fuck this is. Okay? So you got like, like, that's the thing. It's like, look, I'm paying for something here. I'm paying you. You know what I mean? I, I love how, I love how it's like, it's like, that's not my problem, guys. That's not my fucking problem. So I'm standing there. He's like, yeah, you know, it's just a bad Monday. Starting out a bad Monday. And I'm sitting there. It's like, fuck, that's unacceptable. Okay? You're a contractor redoing my fucking bathroom. Okay? You're getting paid a lot of money. You come here knocking on the door. How about this? I'm taking the... I'm telling my wife, too. And I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to cause a fight. I hope it doesn't cause a fight. But I think I'm going to just tell this guy. I'll be like, look, dude. I need my house to myself until 8.30 in the morning. I got to get my kids ready. I got to get my kids dressed. I got to get my kids fed. And I got to get them to their summer camp. And, you know, having some guy walking around and some construct, you know, contractor walking around, you know, before we even fucking, you know, splash water on our face. It's just not something that I want to do. And that might annoy my wife. But to be honest with you, I know I'm right in this situation. God, I hope she doesn't hear that. But I am right. I am right. 
And listen, I get it. These guys want to get the job done and do all that stuff. You know what? I don't think there's a big difference from 7.30 to 8.30 or 8 o'clock, especially when there's young children involved. I just don't. All right? I don't be making fucking, you know, bologna sandwiches and putting snacks in my kid's bag while some fucking dude is going in and out with the truck and shit. The dog's going nuts. I don't want to do that. So, um, but that's fine. I'm not even upset about that. And I wasn't even upset that he made a face because it was raining because he could have just been joking. But the fact that it's like, yeah, as a plumber here, oh, man, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, I don't have my phone and I was an hour out when I found out and, you know, I, I just feel like I can't even do anything without my phone and, you know, the plumber's going to be pissed. And I, and I literally just said to him, I go, you know what, man, if it's a problem, I go, you can come back tomorrow. No worries on this end. You know, and he had stuff in the truck for the new bathroom. So I go, yeah, you want to drop that stuff off? You know, as far as I he's like, oh, thanks for that. But it's like, don't make me feel guilty because you don't have your shit together. Who the fuck goes to a job and doesn't bring their phone and doesn't communicate or know anything what's going on with the plumber? I'm not a fucking, like, I'm not, I don't book it. I'm not a booker. You know what I mean? I'm a comedian that was out late last night performing, telling fucking dick jokes. And then I come home and I got to take care of shit in the morning. I don't know what to do, what the plumber is going to say. I don't know what time people are coming here. I don't know anything. All I know is I got to take care of my kids and I hear knocks on the door and there's fucking FedEx boxes. There's fucking UPS boxes. There's mail. There's, and Lord knows there's Amazon boxes every day. There's fucking contractors walking around the house the whole time. There's landscapers walking around the house. It's like fuck, it's like Grand Central Station around here. And that's fine. Whatever it is, we need, we need the landscaping done. I'll pay you for it. Okay, we're going to do the new bathroom. We're going to fucking pay. The insurance paid for the shit that the contractors have to do because of the storm. Whatever it is, fine. Don't, I'm not responsible for anything. Okay, my wife, yes. My wife did say Hey, the guy's coming here. He's going to be here at this time. That's fine. But I don't need him to have an attitude and I don't need him to not know what he's doing and be confused. And then I got a big fucking bathtub in the middle of my driveway because it's, you know, cast iron that I almost fucking broke my legs and back trying to take out of this truck that I had to rent. And the guy's like, yeah, you know, there's a tub and the tub is over here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's a thousand fucking pounds. Get some guy to do it. Take care of it. We're paying you. What do you want me to do? Like a fucking superhero, you think I could live? I couldn't lift that thing with, if I gave that thing everything that I had, everything that I was made of, I could maybe get it a foot. And then I, and then my back would crack and I'd be in a fucking sling for the next year. I love how other people's days, like that's what I, that's why I don't like people. That's why I don't like people, everybody. I don't. I don't like, I don't care about your problems because I have my own problems. Okay, if I love you, if you're a friend of mine, yeah, I care. I want to help you. But if you're some guy that's getting paid, just do your fucking job. That would literally be like me showing up to a comedy club going, man, I just, I was, I was drove down. I was an hour into the drive. I didn't even have any of my jokes. You know, I don't have any of my jokes. Like this is just a bad night. And then like go on stage. It's like, no, that's my responsibility. You know, yeah, you know, I don't. I, I was an hour and I don't have my pants. Now I got to go on stage. It's just a bad thing. Do you know? Do you know if the booker's here or the host? And it's like I don't. What? No. Just go do your fucking job. I don't know why I'm upset right now because everything was going fine. I was fine. I can't stand. It's almost like a. It's almost like a bullying tactic. It really is. It's almost like a bullying tactic that people want their days, or or you know. 
the joy or lack thereof, you know, of their day, uh, like out on you, you know? And don't, why are you knocking on, dude, that's one thing I'm doing. Why are you knocking on my door at 7.30 in the fucking morning? And here's the best part. He knocked on my door at 7.30 in the morning. It's like, buddy, how about this? How about you get your phone, okay, and you come back at a reasonable fucking time. 7.30 in the morning. It's like, I was out doing shows till fucking 2.30 in the morning. Now I need some fucking guy with a... With the measuring tape around his waist at my door to five hours later. What the fuck are we doing over here? And then you know who I get mad at. I get mad at my wife because she's the one who's... My my wife does the scheduling, guys. My wife does the scheduling. So here's what happens. Okay, I'll give you a day. You want a day in the life for Paul Verzi? This is what happens a lot of the time. Okay? When I'm not on the road, I like to be with my my family. I like to be with my wife and kids. I like to hang out with uh, Lucas and Soph and chill with them, right? So what what I do is I'll come home from the road and let's say Monday and Tuesday I'm off. I'm just chilling. <clears throat> so my clock is still different than my wife's. My wife has her bedtime because she gets up for work. She has her regular job and and then I, you know, I'm, I sleep until I, I wake up with the kids, um, make sure the kids either get on the bus or get to camp at 8, 9 o'clock, then I'm up. Okay, and then I pretty much go to a diner and I read the paper and I read the sports section and I have my coffee and I chill out and then sometimes I'll take a nap or not. Those are the days when I'm off. Those are kind of rare, especially lately. So then I'll go to the city. I'll give you a perfect example. Friday night I had three shows. Okay, I had a show at nine. Then I had I was on two midnight shows. I got, I got off stage at two, almost two o'clock in the morning at the cellar. Guess what time I get home from that? Three thirty in the morning. Then Saturday, the same thing. Last night, I had a show at 11. I didn't get home. I got home like a little before 1. So I'm tired. And then I have to be up with my kids. Do you think I want to hear banging on the door with somebody just going, hey, we're here to do it? And here's the other thing. It's not Even if it's not the bathroom, guys, it's UPS or fucking FedEx knocking on the door like there's about to be a DEA raid because uh, there's drugs all over the house. That's how they knock. They don't knock normal. I think you guys heard it one time on the podcast. It's sitting there and it's just—it's like they're ready to take one of those, like you know, those battering rams or whatever, battering ram. You know the fucking things that just knock the door down. It's like, yeah, dude, I get it. My wife ordered a sweater. Leave it on the front fucking step and leave me alone. I don't want to deal with it. I deal with it. I'm around people all the time, and on top of it, I don't care that you didn't get your phone. I love how he literally. At one point, I almost felt bad. That's how of a nice dickhead I am that I'll say sorry to somebody when it's their fault. Uh, it's like I got to stop doing that. Somebody's like, yeah, man, I'm sorry that I fucking threw four people down the stairs in four months. I just have a problem throwing people down the stairs. It's killing my life. And stupid me would be like, yeah, dude, sorry to sorry to hear. I'm sorry you're a psychopath who can't control himself. I'm sorry that you have that problem. It's like, no. It's like, how about you stop throwing people down the fucking stairs, you lunatic? Go to jail. And this guy... Is sitting there going, yeah, man, I don't even have my, I don't even know how to function without my phone all day. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Well, guess what? I don't know how to tell you how to function without your phone all day. All I know is I want to leave the situation that we're talking about right now because I have kids upstairs. So finally, I though it actually felt good to say. He goes, yeah, you think I could, you could move that car so I could back up the truck and unload my stuff? And I go, yeah, I'm taking my kids to camp in about 15 minutes, and then I'll do that. 
And he was like, fine. So he sat in his truck and he waited. And I got the kids packed in the car. I took them to camp. He dumped everything. I guess the plumber didn't come. I told him, I said, if today's just not going to work, tomorrow, whatever. So maybe he's just going to come back tomorrow. I'm guessing that that's what's going to happen. I'm sorry I'm venting this to you guys, but that's what happened today. That's my unacceptable. I I, I can't. I, people's mistakes. I, I, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I don't know what you want me to tell you. You did that. You know, yeah, I, I pulled my dick out at a gas station, got arrested. It's just, what a weird Monday. It's like, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. And here's the other thing. If I had a job, I, this is what I would do. And I don't know about anybody else, but if I had a job and I needed my phone, and let's be honest, guys, it's 2018. You know, I think a phone is, is, is pretty much, I mean, a phone as somebody working all day, it's kind of essential. You know, you get emails, you get phone calls, you get text messages if there's an emergency. So if I had to be somewhere and I was already in the drive, halfway through the drive, I think he said he was halfway through the drive, which I think is like a half hour, right? If, it, if it, you know, whatever. So, so you figure he was, it's seven o'clock and he realizes he doesn't have the phone. Just call us up or text my wife or say, look, I'm going to be an hour late. I forgot my phone. We don't care. We're easy going. Get, go get your phone. I don't, I'm, nobody cares. Uh, all right, let's talk about sharks. Let's talk about these people that swim with sharks. Let's talk about, this is a fun episode. I could tell it's a fun one. Just because, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it, it's a no patience uh, TVE. I just got no patience for people. I got no patience for any of this shit. I got no patience for your problems. I got no patience for you leaving your phone. I don't care. I just don't care. You know? I, like you ever just think about that, like how phony it is the way people act like they care. That's why, like that guy Vladimir Camano. Shout out to Vladimir. He was on the podcast. He was on the Patreon. Guys, I got a couple of really good new Patreons up there. I got pictures. I put a picture of the shank. Um, I got a picture of the shank from the uh, the thing that I carved when me and Bobby Kelly went camping. I put a picture of that up there. Got a picture of me and Vlad driving back from the Borgata in Atlantic City with that podcast. Thank you so much for the three dollars subscriptions. And uh, I got I got more this month, but it's it's been a good month with Patreon. We're gonna keep going. Tell people it's extra content. It's extra stories. I think you guys will love it. But um, Vladimir was on there and. I got to tell you something, man, like that guy genuinely cares. Like for the people that didn't listen to it or aren't a subscriber, Vladimir like is one of these guys that like if you're telling him a story, he gives a shit, literally. You could tell him a story about a barbecue you were at in 1999 and like then stop saying it all of a sudden and he'll be like, no, no, but tell me what happened. Like, so, so what do like, so did your uncle really do what, like, was your uncle that drunk? Like, and you're like, wow, this guy's listening. You know, those people that like listen and give a shit. Like, he made me feel like I would say hi to a fan. And I feel like I'm great with fans of mine. Like, when somebody says, hey, Verzi, man, I love your stuff, or I love your podcast, or, you know, I saw you perform here, man, I love it, you know, blah, 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 can't wait for your special, all that shit. I'll stop, and I'll talk, and I'll put my arm around them and take a picture, anything you want, you know, I'm, I'm cool. But then that's it. Then I leave. This dude will fucking, I mean, this guy will go up and, start, you know, start... I mean, but they're ready to give him their social security numbers by the time this kid's done, you know, and I'm not like that. I'm really not. I just don't fucking care that much unless I really know you or like you or care about you. But I just, and I know I probably shouldn't be saying that on a podcast, but I'm going to be real. Like I probably care more than most, but I don't care like that. 
you know, um, and, and people annoy me because people are selfish. I got people literally reaching out to me going like, hey, man, uh, I haven't seen you in a while. I hope you, everything's going. Is there any way you could get me like tickets or, hey, can I go to, I see you're doing this show. Can I just sit in the back of the room? It's like, dude, I never met you, man. I don't fucking know you. Remember in Don't Be a Menace? He goes, how come all these years you ain't come to see me, T? He goes, yo, he goes, I don't know you. He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was a uh, spoof off of Menace to Society that the Waynes brothers did. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I just, I just, peop, I find people, and the, the older I get, I find two things. People are good. There's many people that are really good-hearted, good, hard-working, good family people. And I also find it's like the balance of life. Just even people that you know, when you find out what they really are, it's just some people just are just selfish about themselves, like have no tact, but you know, have no idea even how to hide their shitty tact. You know, people are like fucking cheap and all about themselves. And what happens is eventually when you're around people who know people like I do, you just, it gets exposed and you're like, oh, that guy sucks or she sucks, whatever. It is what it is, you know, but just no fucking, I just, I don't, is anything worse than your mood and day being affected by somebody else's fuck shit and baggage and problems? You know how unbelievably shitty and selfish that is to be sitting down, having a good, having, you know, being in a good mood and then somebody comes in that's going through something and then they fucking take that mood and you got to feel like that. How great and satisfying would it be like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Take that shit somewhere else. And if you have a problem with me saying that, don't ever come back. I don't fucking care. Go fuck yourself, you selfish piece of shit. Nobody cares. Go fix your life. Um, you know, no, it's serious though. I, I guys, I, I, I think we talked about this, like comedians, you know how many fucking comedians, I'm just tired of talking comedians back into their career. Well, you know, it's really hard and I just don't know. Then get the fuck out of the way and wait for somebody who's fucking hungry. You know, get the fuck out of the way for somebody that cares and is still hungry and is willing to do what the fuck it takes and is not going to make an excuse. Well, I just don't fucking go. I'm fucking good. I love you and I'll always be a fucking friend, but get out. Get the fuck out of the way. I'm tired of it. It's it's seriously, it's just fucking exhausting. These people are just exhausting. If you're not hanging out with somebody who wants to be fucking better the, the next week and the next month and the next year and make more money and fucking keep going and keep going and keep going. If you're not around that person and you're around the wrong fucking people, man. And it happens so much in my business. And I'm really not trying to be a dick, but at the same time, it's like you could only, you you know what I mean? Like you could only save so many fucking people. Um, Before I get into the sharks and before I get into all this shit, um, okay, before I do all that, I, uh, I want to talk about Les Brown. Now, I'm going to play you guys something. I put it on Facebook, but some of you guys might not have heard it. I think that it's so meaningful, it's so touching, it's so incredible that I want to play it for you guys on this show. I hope you can hear it. Um, It's a few minutes long, but it's insane. And I'm not trying to be some motivational fucking, you know, um, you know, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to be some motivational, overly positive. Even though I am a positive dude and shit, like, I'm not trying to be like that. I just, you know, the way I look at it is um, there's ways to win and there's ways to be. And there's ways that I live my life, which has helped me and which has gotten me to certain places. Or it's just the way that I am. I can't change it. And, and, and this is something that I actually live by and love it and uh, think it's amazing. So I'm going to play this for you guys. And you guys, uh, if you're if you're on my Facebook, you probably already saw it or heard it. But this is from uh, Les Brown. Les Brown is a lifelong, decade old, uh, decades old, a motivational guy. But I just came across this, and I even wrote on Facebook. I said, if this doesn't move you or motivate you, you can't be helped. And I'm gonna try to play it here. This guy was told that he was like mentally retarded and all that shit in school. And uh, I hope you guys can hear this. So I'm going to try to put it as loud as possible. Identified as mentally retarded. Put back from the fifth grade into the fourth grade. And stayed in that category until I got out of high school. I don't have any college training. But I met a high school teacher who one day changed my life. I was waiting on another student. And when he came in, he said to me, young man, go to the board and write what I'm about to tell you. And I said, I can't do that, sir. He said, why not? I said, I'm not one of your students. He said, it doesn't matter. Follow my directions now. I said, I can't do that, sir. He said, why not? I said, because I'm educable, mentally retarded. And he came from behind his desk and he looked at me. He said, don't ever say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. And as he talked, my heart began to beat fast. Tears began to run by my eyes and, and I was in the back just listening to him because the speech he was giving, that speech was for me. And he said, Les Brown, he said, if you want to do anything worthwhile in life, you've got to be hungry. I told Mr. Washington I wanted to become a disc jockey. And so I started working to develop myself. He said, I want you to practice every day being a disc jockey. I said, but I don't have any job now. He said, it doesn't matter. He said that it's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. And as I was working to develop myself, I applied for a job as a disc jockey, WMBM on Miami Beach. I went to a guy named Milton Butterball. I said, how you doing, Mr. Butterball? I'd like to get a job as a disc jockey. He looked at me, he said, do you have any broadcast background? I said, no, sir, I don't. Do you have any journalism background? I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, we don't have any jobs available. I said, yes, sir. I went back to Mr. Washington and I told him, he said, don't take it personally. He said, most people are so negative, they will have to say no seven times before they say yes. He said, go back again. So I went back again. I said, how you doing, Mr. Butterball? My name is Les Brown. He said, I know what your name is. What do you want? I said, I'd like to know whether or not you have any jobs at this jockey, sir. He said, didn't I just tell you yesterday we didn't have any jobs? I said, yes, sir, but I know whether or not somebody got laid off or somebody was fired, sir. He said, no one was laid off a fire. Now get on out of here. I came back the next day like I was seeing you for the first time. I said, hello, Mr. Butterball. How are you? He looked at me with rage. He said, go get me some coffee. I said, yes, sir. And I went to get him some coffee. After a while, I would give him lunch and dinner. And I would go in the control rooms and take the disc jockeys their food. And I would not leave until they would ask me to leave. One Saturday afternoon. While I was at the radio station, a guy named Rock was drinking while he was on the air. 
I was the only one there looking at him through the control room windows, walking back and forth, young, ready, and hungry. Pretty soon the phone rang and it was the general manager. And I answered the phone. I said, hello. He said, Les, this is Mr. Klein. I said, I know. He said, Rock can't finish his program. I said, I know. He said, would you call one of the other DJs in? I said, yes, sir. I hung the phone up. I said, now he must be think I'm crazy. I called my mom and my girlfriend, Cassandra. I said, y'all turn up the radio and come out on the front porch. I'm about to come on the air. I waited for about 20 minutes. And I called him back. I said, Mr. Klein, I can't find nobody. He said, young boy, do you know how to work the controls? I said, yes, sir. He said, go in there and don't say nothing here. I said, yes, sir. I couldn't wait to get behind those controls. I put on an old Stevie Wonder record called Fingertips. I sat down behind that turntable. I said, look out, this is me, LB, Triple P. Les Brown, your platter playing popper. There were none before me and there will be none after me. Therefore, that makes me the one and only. Young and single and love to mingle. Certified, bona fide, and dubiously qualified to bring you satisfaction, a whole lot of action. Look out, baby, I'm your love man. I was hungry. I was hungry. You gotta be hungry. Begin to know that you have greatness within you. And if just one of you here begin to envision yourselves as being blessed and highly favored to reach your goals, if just one of you capture the essence of what that means, that you have greatness within you and a responsibility to manifest that greatness, that you can make your parents proud, you can make your school proud, you can touch millions of people's lives and the world will never be the same again because you came this way. It was hard, ladies and gentlemen, coming to speak to people. And I was facing financial difficulties in my own life. I was behind on my bills and my dreams and I'm saying to them, you can live your dream. It was hard, ladies and gentlemen. It was very difficult to pick myself up each day believing that I could do it. There were times that I doubted myself. I used to ask myself, can I do this? And something said within me, you're the one. Don't give up on your dream. By continuing to push forward, by continuing to run toward my dream, that one day I would have my own talk show. It's a long shot, ladies and gentlemen, from Liberty City, an abandoned building on a floor never knowing my mother or father. It's a long shot being here with you today in this dome in Atlanta. It's a long shot. No college training, labeled, educable, mentally retarded, but I kept running toward my dream. Don't stop. Don't stop running toward your dream. There you go. So that's Les Brown. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I know that I sure did, and I know that I listened to that multiple times just because it's the dopest shit. He's got another one on there you guys can check out. He's got one on there called, um, like it's about a bamboo tree, uh, either Chinese or Japanese bamboo tree, and he just talks about how to grow it and how it grows to like nine feet tall, but uh, it happens instantly, but for five years you don't see anything, and you got to keep growing. It's really great. Just check that out, but... Um, yeah, that's Les Brown. 
and it's uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's just like, and there's a couple other ones. There's him. There's there's Gary V is a good one, and there is um, you know, what's his name? Of course, Tony Robbins and all that. But like, I don't know. I feel like, like I said before, you know, that's the type of person I want around me. Like, I want people around me that are like that. You know, I want people around me, not not the opposite, or not even somebody that you know, because I'm sure there's somebody that listened to the podcast and was like. Yeah, dude, I don't, I don't care. I don't need to hear that. You know, make me laugh. I'm smoking weed. I don't, it's like, you know, fine. But like that shit right there, man, that corny cliche shit that he was saying, although it's sometimes it's corny and sometimes it's cliche, that's the real shit. And that's how, you know, that, that that's the people that I see that I, I see succeed. You know, anybody else is just a lot of it's just fear and, and people don't want to do it or whatever. But uh you know that's to me, man. That's that's the only way to be, and I I love that guy. I think that guy's awesome. Um. Oh my God, what else is going on? All right, so we didn't even. I'm like 45 minutes in, and by the way, I did this. There was a part of this podcast that went on. I did an extra 10 minutes, and it got cut off, which sucks. But anyway, this is still going to be out on Monday. So, um. All right, well, I still got got uh, some sports. A uh, little bit of sports to talk about, and um, a movie. Oh, and and your guys' unacceptables here. Let me uh, let me get to that and see what you guys have here for your unacceptables. Um, I think there was some here that you guys uh, sent in. I can't believe this podcast is going super fast. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. There was. Okay, Kurt says, got a couple of Kurt's on this one. Kurt says, uh, hello, five-star Paul. Uh, I went to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription. Uh, I was standing at the counter, and it was taking quite a while with no one coming over to help. Then I noticed the pharmacist was there by myself handling the phone. Uh, the drive through and counter... So I just uh, accepted that it was going to take a bit, uh, that it will take a bit. Uh, just about this time, a middle-aged woman shows up and asks for a flu shot. The pharmacist says it will take a while because she's the only one there. The lady gets irritated and asks how long. The pharmacist says at least 10 minutes, but she should probably, uh, but she would probably have better luck at a different CVS uh, if she is in a hurry. Then this bitch goes off and says, I'm the customer. You're supposed to work for me. Then she sticks her middle finger a foot from the pharmacist's face and says, fuck you, and storms off. I turned to watch her go and noticed a little girl around seven standing in one of the aisles with her jaw dropped. Inject this woman with Ebola and (laughs) quarantine her away from the rest of society unacceptable i hope she gets a terrible flu this year yeah that's uh that's the entitlement you know it's all about all about her all about them uh here we go this one is from james furniture unacceptable hey paul i recently went back to my home uh to my hometown to hang with some buddies i grew up with One of my friends got an apartment since I last saw him, so I stopped over there to chill for a bit. When I got there, I found his apartment to be nice, except for the only sitting furniture he had in the living room area were bean bag 
uh, or beanbags chairs. So I understand if you didn't have money for nice furniture, but fucking beanbags. Is there anything more bitch than getting in and out of a beanbag chair? That's so true. It's so awkward and uncomfortable to get in and out of. Like, it's nice when you're sitting there, but the in and out is, that's so funny. We ended up getting pretty sauced up throughout the night, so I uh, wouldn't have cared if he had church pews as seats, but I feel like beanbag furnishes <laughs> is unacceptable for an adult. Anyways, uh, love the podcast. Keep it up. James from Milwaukee. Love Milwaukee. Thank you, James. I'm shooting my next special in Milwaukee. That's where I want to do it. Um, thank you for that unacceptable. That's hilarious. And yeah, I, it feels like some people are moving into places and they just don't get the bare. Like, listen, if you move into a place, bare essentials has to be, for me at least, couch and a recliner. Or if they're one and the same where the recliner is attached to the couch. But you got to have like a nice little living area to sit, relax, you know, put your feet up, TV, you know, you got to have that. I mean, I don't know when he moved in, but I'm, I'm with you on that. That's hilarious. Uh, here we go. This was one from this morning. Is it another Kurt? Um, I don't know. Ahoy, Paul. I was at a restaurant with a friend and went to use the restroom. Much like in a previous TVE Unacceptable, it was a single-use men's room. Seconds after I get my dick out (laughs) to take a piss, someone bangs into the door trying to open it. I am confused on uh, trying to... I'm sorry, not confused. I am forced on trying to go. Uh, So I don't respond. Then there is a loud knock followed by, Is anyone in there? Frustrated, I respond with, It's locked, isn't it? I heard a muffle sigh through the door as this guy walked away from it. The worst part is knowing somebody was out there. I couldn't go. Uh, When I got back to the table, I watched to to see who went in after me. No one did. They probably just left the restaurant after fucking up my piss. Locked this guy in a bathroom with a clearly marked occupied sign and an endless line of people knocking on the door while he tries to piss. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is I was never one of those people that couldn't go because of other people. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I know that's weird, but like, I mean, I don't know. Like, some people are like, oh, I couldn't go. Like, I was at the club the other night, and this female comic walks by me, and I was like kind of in the area she was in, and she goes, oh, I walked over here to toot. Like, she wanted to fart, which was kind of hilarious that she said that. And then when I was like, okay, I'm sorry. Thank you for letting me know. I'll move. And she goes, oh, you know what? Now I can't go. It's not going to happen. I can't go. Which is kind of funny. Like, I've never been in the bathroom and had to go to the bathroom and then saw somebody and then was like, oh, now I can't go. But that's interesting that a lot of people are that way. Um, Yeah, thank you for the unacceptable. Uh, Did we have any more? Let's see here. Uh, No, you know what? I'm not, I I can't. We're we're at 51 minutes and uh, I think there was a couple of other things, but I don't even know if they were unacceptable. So I will look at that. And if they are, I'll put them on uh, next week's show. Um, thank you guys so much for submitting your unacceptables. If you'd like to submit an unacceptable for TVE, please submit them to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Uh, and I would love to read them out there. You could even do quick ones on my Twitter, at Paul Verzi. Um, that's actually how the unacceptables uh, originally started. What else do we have to talk about? Um, 
Sports. What's going on in sports? Well, the New York football giants just gave Shaquan uh, Barkley, Saquon, excuse me, Saquon Barkley, one of the richest rookie contracts. Like, this guy's going to be the highest paid running back. He hasn't even taken a snap yet. Um, $31 million over four years for a rookie contract. Um, that's amazing. And uh, I thought they should draft him. I'm psyched that they drafted him. And I think that uh, it's going to be epic. I really do. Um, you know, they obviously see what he's doing. They see what he's capable of, how fast he is, how strong he is. He can catch the ball at the backfield, block for Eli. It's going to be awesome. So um, I cannot wait. I cannot wait those five weeks. Okay, I can't wait to I can't wait to make my predictions. I can't make wait to make my predictions on Capper Network and all the other places that I'm going to talk shit. And Capper Network's going to let me have my you know. Then you're going to really see what I'm made of because then I could come on here and tell you my percentages and where I'm at. Um, you know the Yankees uh, keep winning, but so does Boston. That's the craziest, hardest part about this whole thing is that every time the Yankees you know, win, you just look and Boston just keeps winning. Like we're four and a half games back and both teams are going to win a hundred games. The Yankees are having one of the best seasons they've had in so long. It's such an exciting, amazing team that is clearly a World Series contender, yet Boston just doesn't lose and we're in second place in the division. So it's 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 going to be fun. Um, I'd hate for us to have to do like a one-game playoff, like a play-in. That sucks and that's always scary because that hurts when you lose. Um, but we'll see. You know, they have to make a big move, the Yankees, uh, for, you know, they're going to have to make a big move for a pitcher, I think. And there's some guys that I would move, you know. Look, I look at it like this. You got pieces, make the deal. But that's um, that's pretty much it in sports, you know. Like, it, it, sports is, I, I, like I said, you got to, what is it, uh, five weeks until September. Yeah, so September starts NFL, and then October starts NBA, and then everybody could, you know, everybody could have a little fun. Have a little fun and uh, get back into this shit. Uh, so, um, there's a movie that I want to talk about here. Okay, uh, it's one of those. It's kind of a you know, it's like a corny, shitty horror movie. But it was on Netflix, and I just got into it. And then once I got into it, it's like you know you can't take your eyes off of it. Um, again, this is going to be a clear. This is a spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you what happens in the movie, so if you wanted to watch it, but it was just one of those where like, you know, you the, the, the son and the mother and the father are close, the son and the father go out, the father gets killed, you know, he's in a, you know, he gets hit by a car or whatever, and then they move to the country to like the, his aunt's house, the, the wife's, the, the mother's sister, because they got this big beautiful house and you know, but they're trying to sell it so they have like people coming in and out of it, and there's an open house, and that the movie's called Open House, and but it's just like some of the locals are weird, and it's just had those like easy scripts where it was like the guy that they met, like the clerk that they met was nice to them, but then there's like a crazy scene where you think someone's gonna be at the door, and then it's him. He's like, oh, I don't mean to startle you, but I don't know if you remember me. And then they tell him what's going on. He's like, oh, you know, I could sleep on the couch tonight if you want. Like, you clearly know that guy's going to get killed. It's just one of those, it's, it's one of those type of movies. And, um, yeah, so they have this, like, open house. Like, people are coming in and out, and the, and the mother and son have to be out when people are there or whatever. And then you see some guy go in there, and then throughout the movie... 
<coughs> throughout the movie, there's weird things happening in the house, and the mother doesn't know if it's because the kid's messed up, and she kind of blames the kid, and the kid's like crying, like, I hate you, I wish it was you, that whole, that whole thing that happens. And, um, you know, they're hearing stuff, and then the night that this guy is sleeping on the couch... Um, you know, there's you clearly see that there's a stranger in the house, right? There's a guy in the house that's making all the noise, doing all the things. But, like, <laughs> the funniest thing is, like, if you're going to kill somebody, like, why would you make noises? And then, so you know what I mean? It's like the hot water kept going off. Like, what is this guy just fucking with their shower? You know <laughs> You know what I mean? It was always like she'd be burned in the shower or the or the hot water would go away and then they'd go down and like the same thing was there. So it's like this killer's just living downstairs messing with the shower. You know, to me it doesn't make any sense, but um so then in the last like towards the end of the movie, she's laying in bed and somebody gets in her bed. The guy, the killer gets in her bed, but you think it's the son. she thinks it's the son. The viewer sees that the killer's in bed with her, which was kind of weird. He's just laying there. And one cool thing they did was they never showed the killer's face. They just showed this guy dressed in black, you know. And um, so she, like, thinks it's the son just laying with her and the guy's on the couch. Um, But then the guy ends up being killed. The son finds the guy killed. And then she, like, thinks her son Logan is in bed. And she goes, oh, Logan. And it's that guy. And he punches her in the face. And, you know, she wakes up like she's coming to and she's tied up screaming like what happened. And, uh, you know, he just goes up to her and he grabs each of her fingers and just like snaps them all. Like, like he just starts breaking her fingers. So now, even though this is a shitty, corny, cheesy movie, I'm like, all right, how's this going to end? Let me guess. The sun's going to save the day. You know, the sun's going to, you know, the sun's going to see the guy dead and then he's about to do something to mom. He's going to come. It's just going to be a big thing. And then, you know. So the killer's just looking at the woman and grabs her fingers, just snaps them, and she's screaming, crying. And then um, the killer leaves, and then the, the son sees her and, like, helps her. And then um, and then he's like, I got to go. He's like, he's going to come back. I got to go get him. So he goes out there looking for the killer, and they, the killer, like, poured this stuff on him after he— The killer actually knocked the kid out before he went to the mom and poured this stuff on him. Sorry, I left that part out. Then goes to the mom— in bed, then, you know, ties her, beats her up, ties her up, breaks her fingers, and then goes back out, and then the son starts coming to and sees the mom and says, I gotta go get him. The son hears noises downstairs in the basement, and then all of a sudden, somebody pops out, and it was the mom, but the killer had her and pushed her into him while he's holding a knife, and he ends up stabbing his mother, and the knife just goes in her, and she goes down, and you think, okay, she, you know, it didn't kill her, whatever. Then he goes out into the woods, and he's, he's the, the killer took his contacts out when he first knocked him out, and he's all blurry, of course, and he's like running and hiding in the woods, and then you think, you think something's going to happen, and the movie ends with the killer finding the kids laying in the woods and just kills them, and you never see the mother again, so he kills them, he ends up killing his own mother, all right, and then you just see him in the woods laying there dead the next morning, and it ends with that guy's truck going into a driveway of another open house, and like that's his mo. That's what he does. Is he just goes into, he just goes in, and like that's where it's gonna start. So it was terrible. 
The acting was co- like it was. The acting wasn't great. It was okay, but the story was like cheesy. You know, like um, the acting was fine, I guess. But the story was just like really. There's just like the lo- weird local you think might have done it, but didn't do it. The clerk who comes back is like, "Hey, I was looking at a house. You think I could look at this?" You know, just ridiculous. But what was nuts and creepy was that. You know, this these people lost their dad, so he dies, and you think they're gonna go and it's gonna be this thing and bring them together. No, they just get killed. Basically, they get tort, like you know, they get scared, and then they ultimately just get killed. <laughs> so I don't even know how to review it, but uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was just one of those like you could try it. Netflix open house, just see what I mean. But it was I mean, you're probably not gonna now if you did if you did listen to this. But I did say spoiler alert, I think. But just really weird. Really, like, you know, I just couldn't believe the killer just was, like, snapping. Her. It was actually cool and done in a different way where you never see the killer. It was just a it was just a weird, like, now that I think about it, why would a killer just stay down in the basement and just keep messing with the shower to have people go up and, and keep checking? Because they weren't even scared during it. They're just like, man, this, this plumbing system sucks. <laughs> and then some other weird stuff happened. So that was a movie that I saw. I know I didn't review it and I just completely gave it away, but I just wanted to talk about it because it was a little weird. Um, all right, what else do we have here? Um, oh, yeah, let's do plugs. Oh, but first, before I do the plugs, I definitely want to say, um, yes, please check out Capper Network and get ready and, and check that out. It's great, great prediction, sports prediction stuff. Also, check out all things comedy and all that. Here are my plugs, everybody, uh, and and I'm excited. People are buying tickets. I hope you guys come out to the shows, but um, I will be uh, at Gotham Comedy Club August 10th and 11th, two shows each night, 8 and 10. Um, super, super excited to be headlining the first time in New York City at such an amazing club. I'm honored and humbled to be able to do it and to be asked to do it. It means the world to me. It's one of those clubs that you always dream about doing it. And the fact that I'm going to have that opportunity is amazing. So uh, please get tickets 8 and 10 Friday, August 10th, 8 and 10 Saturday, August 11th. All right, check that out for other dates, other updates on everything, announcements. You can go to paulverzi.com, see all dates, go to the show's page. It has new pictures. It has all kinds of stuff on there. Um, and I'm going to be having some um, my uh, set from the Kevin Hart TV show, Kevin Hart's uh, LOL Network coming out from Montreal Comedy Festival. So uh, that should be out soon, too. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been episode 364. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Until the next time. And uh, please keep checking out the Patreon, guys. Patreon, $3 uh, extra a month. I had a great Patreon month. Got more coming on there. Uh, you know, like I said, you guys could see that camping knife I made. You guys can see some pictures on there. Did one with Vladimir. Um, and there's going to be more to come. So for $3, you get more TVE, more of this stuff. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, until the next one, I'm out of here. Take care. I will talk to you guys soon. And get any negative people that you have in your life, get them out of your life and check out uh, Les Brown. I think you'll enjoy it. Take care. <laughs>